previously on Wild Endeavors. Calico, Hans, Leandros, and Quintus encounter fresh horrors as they trek deeper into the twisted mansion. The very house itself seemed to be plotting against them. An enchanted deck of cards gives each adventurer a reading, including various banes and boons. Hans walked away permanently changed by the mark of the King of Cups. A major breakthrough brought the party closer to escape, but left them with the bitter knowledge of how far they likely still have to go to escape this terrible house. This is the Shadows Campaign, featuring Amy Jostino as the tiefling thief Calico Bane. Look, you don't play with the demon babies. Adam Rogers as the human fighter Hans Gregor. Can we take the chinchilla with us? Evan Chamberlain as the elven wizard Leandros Lubicar. I would like to tell Quintus that it is magical so I can keep it. And Devin Salisbury as the human gunslinger Quintus Arias. Your secret is safe with my indifference. And I'm Thomas Marsetti, your DM and purveyor of quasi-extraplanar endeavors. And now, Chapter 15, A Pound of Flesh. small room, the walls, floor, and ceiling, covered or made of a slightly slick-looking flesh. The pinkish-gray surface flexes almost imperceptibly like the breath of a giant creature. The air is heavy with humidity. Before you stands a large vault-like door. The wheel of the vault is made of the limbs of various creatures, many of them humanoid. Built into the wheel, and part of the spokes is a human corpse. It is missing its ears, a foot, a hand, one eye, and its mouth is wide open in a silent scream, revealing a stump where a tongue should be. Seeing this, the strange notes about the keys not being keys, and the seemingly random body parts you found around the mansion begin to make a little more sense. Realizing that you have all the parts except the hand, Calico asked her new clockwork chinchilla friend to find the hand. With a little twitch of its silver face, it races between your leg and begins scratching at the door that you just came through. When you open this door, um, it opens up into a large kitchen. Um, it has four massive fireplaces along the right-hand wall. There are a bunch of cabinets and racks and like cupboards. Um, there are three massive chopping block tables that dominate the middle of the room. I've been here before, haven't I? Yeah. But I don't remember seeing a hand here. Yeah. The chinchilla, as soon as the door is open, runs over to uh, a door that's right across um, from where you've entered. There's also a door to the left in the room. As you walk into the room, you notice that the air um, suddenly tastes and smells very stale and stagnant. And it's just a little bit harder to breathe in this room. Um, can I borrow that bottle of air you got? <laughs> um, we're just going to keep following the chinchilla. Yeah, I'm following the chinchilla, but I, I guess I'll, if, I, if I'm feeling like I'm losing breath or anything, I'll, I'll just like either pace my breath or hold my breath. Um, no, it's more just like um, you're just more just kind of like breathing a little bit heavier. 
just you know like high altitude kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. okay yeah you're yeah you're breathing fine it's just a little bit a little bit harder so the chinchilla is scratching at the door straight ahead okay when you open that door it opens into a very large elegant ballroom the tables and chairs are arranged on the three walls opposite of where you are in the middle of the room there are about 30 ghostly figures dancing to some type of jaunty like waltz that you do not hear straight across the dance floor from you is a long head table up on a little platform so the people sitting there uh, can you look out over the whole room and there are in fact five ghostly figures sitting behind that table oh boy i look at calico and i say may we have this dance because it's me and then Oh you start dancing around with Ben's dead body. Sure. No, I, 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 I thought about that. Follow the chinchilla. <laughs> um, the chinchilla runs across the dance floor, um, yeah, it does. up to the head table, and it climbs up one of the legs on the corner of the head table, then runs across the front of it and stops at the figure in the center, like of that table, and stops right next to his hand. And you notice that the hand of the chinchilla is sitting next to does not seem as ghostly as the rest of the people in the room. Pick that shit up. Shit. Maybe we should probably not disturb this gala. Do we have somebody who can sneak very well? Um, I'm a thief, so yeah. Did Calico say that out loud, that she was a thief? <laughs> Hans, like, is, is confused. Like, you knew she was a thief. Did yeah, I? Yeah, because the gardeners were a thief. So oh, wait, okay. the gardeners? Yeah. But, but my character didn't really know. Right. Until now. Yeah, the only person that this is news to is Quinn. Uh, and I look at Quinn and I say, it's a, I'm, a, I'm a good kind of thief. Still from the well, rich there to are, There are no good am... thieves, but we're in a dire situation. Perhaps when we find a way out of here, I can look past this. But I would like to uh, open up my little black book and on a new page, just write Calico. I'm sneaking to take the hand. Okay. Describe your path, like, through the room. I'm gonna stick to, like, the outer edges of the ghosts that are twirling, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of move to the music, but hide, okay. and move and hide. Okay. Roll a defy danger, plus dexterity. Thirteen! Snap. <laughs> Yeah, you are able to make your way up there with, as you just the way you described it, the rest of you watching from the edge of the room even kind of lose track of her from time to time as she kind of like slips into the shadows or, you know, around a table. So you are up by the head table now. So there are five ghosts sitting at this table behind it. Your chinchilla is sitting in the the center of the table, or like the middle, not necessarily the center, like closer to the front of the table, but middle, like lengthwise. And you can see now that like definitely the figure in the center is very ghostly, but his right hand is somewhat rotted flesh. Okay. I'd like to, from um, the shadows, take aim on the guy while she's doing all that too. Okay. Just uh, to be ready. I, A sandbag. Gonna... And puts it where the hand's gonna be. And pulls the hand. <laughs> Man, it sounds like, like Adam should have the thief. <laughs> I mean, that's a good plan. I'll go with that. My other friend like walk up to him and be like, "It's wonderful to meet you. Thanks for the invitation." And then just like grab the hand and run. 
<laughs> you could do like a presenting your hand shake kind of thing, but I don't know. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's basically what it was. Put the hand out and grab the hand to shake it and grab it and run. Okay. Okay. So yeah, as you as you go to the Make to address light this guy. <laughs> so as you go to a, to address this guy, his ghost moves backward and like it's a face of disgust as he looks down at you. But as he's done that, he's also kind of moved his hands back away from you, and so his ghost hand is now like moved away from that actual flesh hand. And for at least the moment, he is kind of just like backed up and like not sure what to make of you, other than he's a little bit disgusted by you. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm just going to grab the hand and the chinchilla. He's out. Okay. Roll another defy danger. Oh, okay. 11. Okay. So as you swipe down for the hand, he looks down at the hand too at that moment. And for just that split second, the realization dawns on his ghostly eyes. Like he figures out what you're doing, but you're way too fast for him. So you've got the chinchilla in the hand, and as you turn to start to like make your way out of the room, all the ghosts vanish, and you're oh, now just in an empty ballroom. All right. Chinchilla, do your thing, and let's get out of here. Okay. The chinchilla is going to lead you to the door I'm on the right side of the ballroom, which okay. is going to lead you back to the flesh hallway with the little stalagmite-type things in the ceiling going to lead you to the right door again which is going to bring you back to the spiral staircase and 30 minutes later down the spiral staircase to another cul-de-sac to the right door again which brings you back to the hallway with the body part bank vault and the corpse that's strung up to it i'd say we probably place all of the missing things and where they need to go yeah i'll do that okay as you put each body part like back to where it, where it belongs there's a little like flash of red light that kind of like runs up along the seam and as the thing then the thing like, like reattaches as soon as you've put all five pieces back on the corpse wheel begins to spin until the corpse is upside down and the door cracks open just a little bit towards you onward i guess okay you swing the large vault door open to a much larger hallway ahead of you. At the end of it, you can see, and it's not—it's only about like uh, like 30 feet or so long, but at the end of the hallway, you can see it opens up into a large domed room. As you make your way down the hallway and begin to see more like what's in the room, the entire room is covered in that like intestine flesh kind of material. In the center of the room, there is what kind of looks like a a somewhat flattened orb that seems to be made of flesh-like materials. There's a number of like limbs and other body parts that kind of stick out, almost like a like a human pincushion if the pins were like body parts that were stuck into this like fleshy mass. This pod of, of flesh is kind of like slowly pulsating and uh, every now and then kind of convulses almost a shudder and as you enter the domed room you see standing between you and the mound of flesh is a child in a night rope the little boy's hair oh, is matted to the side of his head like he was just sleeping his eyes are all white and he's holding a very loved stuffed bear by one arm and he looks up at you and says you shouldn't be here oh boy well we are trying to leave so if you have any suggestions for how we get the fuck out that'd be greatly appreciated <laughs> oh 
You shouldn't leave. You, you should, should go back, back to the door, door so, so we can, can play, play some more. I want you to bleed a little bit more. All right, somebody kill this thing. How far away? Uh, I'd say 30 or 40 feet. Okay, can I throw a dagger at its head? Uh, yeah, I was going to cast Magic Missile. Yeah, I'll let him do first. No, it sounds like you guys are like doing it at the same time. Like They'll resolve at the same time, but Calico, you roll first. 12. Oh, that's a good hit. Roll your damage. 7. Okay. Thomas, why do you keep making us fight children? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't made you fight a single child. Why do you keep <laughs> well, placing children in our vicinity that seemed evil? Uh, we may never know. And Landros, roll your magic missile. Twelve. Okay, so that's a good hit. Well, on the first magic missile, because I was going to, um, I don't know, should I, I, I think I'll just uh, great empower it, and I guess it's a, like a, a gimme, right? If you empower it, you have to pick one of like the seven to nine drawbacks for casting. I do? Yeah, but then you do maximum damage. You can oh. draw unwelcome attention, minus one ongoing or the spell is forgotten until you prepare. I'll go ahead and pick the second option. Okay, so minus one on going to cast spells. Okay. Yep. Okay, so that is max damage. Yeah, max damage um, on that. So the the dagger and the magic missiles kind of come flying at the same time. And they pass right through this little boy, and his figure kind of dissipates. And the the dagger and the magic missile like slam into the lump of flesh. Uh, the magic missile's blowing off like one of the arms, and the dagger like gets stuck in like the thigh of a, a leg that's like sticking out of this mass. You hear a screaming sound. And a couple of the heads and limbs kind of start to rise up out of that lump of flesh, like something is pulling itself out of it. And in fact, um, something is. It's a very large, only vaguely humanoid shape. It resembles more of like the, the mass of flesh that it's crawling out of, in that it's just a very large, bloated torso that's almost completely covered in like limbs and heads and legs of various humanoids when it finally brings its big stump-like legs out of the the lump of flesh they slam into the ground and they look almost more like overstuffed sausage than like legs and the thing stands finally up to its full height of about 12 feet and begins to move towards your group Great. A quick bit of context, because this is our first kind of major fight. Our characters are not D&D-sized bags of hit points. They are all within the 20 to 24 hit points range. So just a couple big hits can mean the difference between everybody having a really good day and someone having a really bad day. With that in mind, what are you all doing as this thing comes lumbering at you? Hans, like, wants to drop... Well, carefully put Fen down and rush at this thing, if that's possible. That is possible. So as you, you close in, like to get even within range, the, the multitude of limbs that this thing has are already like swinging at. So to get past it, to get a hit in, you're going to have to try to get past those limbs. So what are you doing to try to do that? Is there a way to kind of like juke around it or like... Yeah, kind of... you can try. Yeah. So dexterity? Yep. Ten? Yeah, you're able to dodge a couple of its flailing limbs and get in range with your sword, so roll your attack. 
Uh, 11. That's a good hit. Roll your damage. Eight. So as you swing in to cut into this thing, brings one of its limbs around in the way of your sword. And so you end up cutting off a limb and not quite making contact with its torso. What else is happening? I'm definitely going to take a shot question. Yeah. The bloodweed poison, it says the target deals negative d4 damage. So like it would get to do negative d4 damage on somebody else and not take it all the time. No, it makes it so this the, the thing is less effective at, at hurting you and your group. Okay, so what I would want to do is put one of my daggers into the blood we then throw it at the creature thingy. Okay, Quinn was going to shoot first, though, oh, um, so let's we'll resolve his. I just have a question. I'm going to use a grit point. Okay. Um, would rapid fire work in this instance if it's against the same person, or does that not apply? Um... Technically, this thing is made of multiple people. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll let you have it. So I, I, be, I would basically get to fire two shots at him? Mm-hmm. Okay. First roll is a 10. With, uh, That's a good hit. The next attack is going to be a uh, 9. Okay. Okay, so on a 7 to 9 with volley, you have to choose one of these three. You have to move to get the shot, placing you in danger. You have to take what you can get, which means you do minus 1d6 damage. Or you have to take several shots to make the shot. And so you reduce your ammo by 1. I'll take the minus d6 on the damage. Okay. Is this thing undead? Yeah. So yeah, so damage for that. First hit, going to be a 12 damage. Okay. And then the second one... Four. Okay. So two, you know, explosive booms in this this small room. The now familiar rigging in all of your ears. Your first shot blows one of the thing's limbs off, and the second one lands in one of the partial heads that's sticking out of the thing's torso. So they're kind of like blowing a chunk out of that that head. Nice. And Calico was going to be throwing her poison dagger. Actually, if I run behind, like run around it, can I get my, can I get a dirty fighter attack? You can try. Well, like, I meant like while he was distracting it with it mm. shooting, can I run around? Yes. As you start to run around it, though, it becomes pretty clear that like this thing has limbs and heads and body parts, like looking out in all directions. Like it really doesn't have like a backside. Okay. Okay, well then I won't worry about trying to sneak attack it since I can't and just do a regular throwing with the blood weed. Okay. Ah, 12. Okay, that's a good hit. Let's roll your damage. Regular is 6, but do I add the d4 to that or after? d4 from... The blood weed. From no, that, the, that's, a, that's a thing that will affect this abomination. When it attacks going forward, it will do... 1d4 less damage to, okay. to you know, whoever it hits. Okay, and we don't put modifiers on damage, right? Just to double check. Not unless you have a skill that tells you to. Nope, okay. Okay, so your dagger goes flying and oh, lands oh, in one of its limbs as it's flailing around. You can see the blood weed start to flow through its veins. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just wanted to let you know when I leveled 
leveled up. I took the full metal jacket, okay. so now I, I have that plus three piercing. Okay. What Whether that means anything in this fight or not, but I'll just let you know. Yeah, thank you. Uh-huh. I would like to do a thing. I would like to summon the monster. Okay. I was going through <laughs> a list of things would like lower challenge ratings, because I don't know what to base it off. And yeah. I was thinking I would choose an a animated piece of armor, like armored clad warrior, something with a, a sword and shield, maybe. Go ahead and roll. With a minus one, that's uh, 11. Oh. Yeah, so tell us what that looks like. Um, so we did pass like a suit of armor on the way, uh, or well, the way here. Mm-hmm. So that was on the brain. But um, opening up the spell book and just kind of going, yeah, we probably better do something about this. Eyes go red. The symbol, the runic symbol on his forehead starts glowing. And uh, he starts uh, flipping pages and starts incantations just basically start flowing out of his mouth and um, you see like a, a circle appear to the right of where the beast is and out of the circle just uh, this almost like six or seven feet tall suit of armor with a great sword just appears. I'll look at it and say, fight for me and um, let it do its thing. Okay, so you can also choose two of these other traits from, okay. the, from that list. Yep, I'll look at the list here. Okay, I'll say it has a bond to your plane and isn't strong, so it's a plus two HP to each of my level. So that's mm-hmm. two times nine, so it's going to be 18 hit points that it has. Plus the one it starts with, so 19. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'll say also it has a useful adaptation, so I guess it'll add, uh, like, a, a depth. Uh, what, what is it doing? Like, what's that I, adaptation? I don't know. I mean, like, I, I haven't... How, how is this monster really attacking people? Well, it's, it's how this suit of armor... This is different than a normal, like, animated suit of armor. Oh, okay. It's very nimble and dexterous. Okay. All right. So, all that has happened. The abomination, which was moving forward when all this, you know, kicked off, didn't really get stopped. So, it is going to attack Hans. As this, you know, flailing plethora of limbs comes at you, uh, what are you doing? I mean, I kind of want to try and block it, like, with my sword, or, like, kind of brace myself. Okay. So that sounds like defy danger strength. Sounds like, uh, an experience point. Six, so... Yeah, that's not great, buddy. Okay. You're gonna get hit. Yeah. So I think that you're able to block a couple of the limbs as it's coming in at you, but there's just so many of these things flailing at you. They eventually, like, you know, knock your sword, a high, your sword aside. Like, one of them, like, smashes you in the face. It's another one, like, catches you, like, in the side. One is somehow, like, hitting you at the leg. You take eight damage. And so the abomination is now in the process of mauling Hans. Uh, Do I get, like, an, an attack back or anything? Or? Yes, yeah. Like, the, the this is what it, the, the game considers, like, a soft move. Like, this is the setup is this thing is attacking you. So now what are you guys doing in response to that? And then, basically, if, if your actions don't resolve the fact that this thing is attacking Hans, then Hans gets attacked again. Okay. Yeah, I think I would try to, like, maybe move a little further away from it. If kind of pull... Well, you know, I don't want to be near it. Um, I don't need to be near it. Um, and, like, I'll, as I, like, make a little, like, distance, I'll kind of, like, slide down on one knee, turn around, and try to take another shot at its head. At least the top part of it. Like, I know it has multiple heads. Mm-hmm. 
So, like, maybe, like, my shot maybe will knock it back a little bit. Okay, so, like, you're and, trying to hit it with a, with a goal of, of disorienting it, or, like... Yeah, to, like, maybe give him, like, an opportunity to, like, wiggle free or something. Okay. And do either of those things give me the opportunity to use one of my, like, sneak attack things on it? Hold on to that thought. Let's, um, okay. let's see what his shot does. Alrighty. So, I'm gonna... I'm, I'm using the special bullet. <laughs> okay, thank you. And I'm also gonna spend another grit point. And I'm gonna try to do. Is this thing bleeding at all? Do I see noticeable bleeding or no? Yeah. Okay. Then I'll try to do an arterial shot. Okay. Um, big money, no winners. Ooh, twelve. That is a good hit. And I don't know an what I don't. Shot. I don't know what that does. But it, um, cool. it causes extreme bleeding. Like game mechanic wise, I don't know what that means, but it sounds cool. So sure. Um, it'd be more of a, a narrative effect. Okay. So if you cool. hit a person with that, they would only have a little bit of time to do something before they bled out. So nice. you basically like severely limit the time that the thing can be in combat. Maybe this will be enough to knock this thing back a little bit. <laughs> um, Thirteen. Okay, so this shot, again, another deafening explosion in the room. And there's a splatter of blood as your bullet catches the thing in joint where a couple of the limbs all seem to be coming out of like the same area. And so you end up blowing like four limbs off this thing. And there's just a big chunk of, of its torso missing. And blood and this foul-smelling black goo is now pouring out of that hole on its side. Yes. Uh, Calico, you were going to be doing something? I was seeing if, while it was occupied with attacking those two, or attacks from those two, if I could get in a dirty fighter attack? It certainly seems distracted Okay. at the moment. You'll have to tell me how you're taking advantage of that, but... It's looking whatever direction, and I'm going to run up and, like, have another dagger with... See, I'm wondering if I tried Golden Root, if that would work. No, I'll do another one with Bloodweed. Can we double up on that if I... Um, no. Okay. I don't want... I don't know if I want to see if Golden Root would do anything. It would would help. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then I'll just try to do the Dirty Fighter thing. How? But yeah, how? Like, what are you... um... Okay, like, I'm running up around the corner while it's distracted. I'm going to try to go in between... One of the two arms hit, like, the core. Okay. All right, so give me a defy danger dex. I was going to say, it should be easy. I left a nice big hole for <laughs> So you're able to pitch and weave your way in there, getting right up to the torso. And then... So roll your attack. <laughs> yes, 11. Okay, that's a good hit. Okay, even though Quinn's shot put a big hole in the thing's side and blew off a bunch of limbs, like this seems to be one of like the first actual hits to the thing's torso. Um, it reacts much differently to that hit than it has to some of the other ones. Do I control my monster or does the monster act on its own accord? You can give it a command. I'd like to command it to shove its fist in that nice meaty area that Quinn just blew off of it. Okay, go ahead and roll for it then. Okay. Just roll plus one. This is okay. to see if it gets in close enough. A 10. Okay. So it does dodge you flailing limbs. Okay. So make a hack and slash for it. So that's um, roll plus use... one. Oh, plus one. Okay. That would be a nine. 
So it is going to land its attack, but in doing so will also get hit by the abomination. So it has your damage dice, so roll a d4. Uh, it's a three. Okay. Which does not seem to do anything against this. Oh, the lovely. thick hide of the abomination. Okay. Um, is that my turn or can lean? Um, well, it's gonna hit. It's gonna hit your armor for eleven damage, and then Leandros can do a thing. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna personally fire two magic missiles at it. Okay. It's still grappled with uh, Hans, correct? It is kind of grappled with Hans and Calico and your armor. Oh, perfect time for a fireball, okay, I... wouldn't you say? <laughs> you know what? They're all in range. Why not? <laughs> I just didn't know if it was actually, like, grappling, like it was gonna, you know, um, like, try to pull him in or something like that. No, not like a, not like a <laughs> grapple grapple, like, but it's it's engaged with the three of them. I would like to cast two magic missiles at its head, and maybe it might distract it a little bit. Okay. Uh, Does it have something considering a head? It's got a cluster of heads, like, near the top of it. <laughs> that's fine. I'll, I'll aim at that. Okay. Uh, that's six. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll mark experience for that. Yeah, mark your <laughs> experience. Go ahead and roll your damage. Okay. Two damage. Okay. So your magic missiles, uh, you know, arc across the room and smash into that node of heads atop the abomination. And something about that attack really pisses it off. And it turns and begins to charge towards you. Oh, um, of course. So. Can Hans, like, attack now? Like, yes. Like, running away? Yep. Advantage, as advantage a thing in this? It's not a, a mechanic thing, and since this thing does have like limbs and heads all around it, there really wouldn't be a way to get advantage okay. on it. All right, so Hans is very angry. So he, like, Hans like yet lets out like a scream and then like rushes after it and trying to attack it with his sword. You're gonna have to so roll a defy danger to to get past its limbs. Eight. Is that dexterity or strength? Are you dodging them or just trying to like knock them away? Like I feel like I'm doing this at this point. Then I would say that's a strength. Oh, nine. Okay. Oh wait, no, sorry, ten. My bad. I can't. Okay, then yeah, on a ten, you you make it up through the arms to get in range to like your sword range. So go ahead and make your attack. Six. Okay. Well, mark your experience. Yeah, I was really hoping to deal a bunch of damage. I got all my dice out. <laughs> this is going to be my second time hitting him, which means mm-hmm. I can actually be four. Oh my god. So as you you knock away a bunch of the limbs and you're coming in, winding up for your attack, and one fist come popping out of the fleshy side of this thing, like one that wasn't there before, and just like straight into your face, you are going to take five damage before your armor and this jab to your nose catches you just enough off guard that you slip in that blood and the ooze that is coming out of this thing and fall backwards on the ground and your sword goes kind of skittering away onto the ground just out of reach okay um and so the abomination continues to charge forward right at leandros is the little kid still there no is it running away from me, technically? Because I was, like, around on the other side? Yes. So does that mean I get an extra, like, dirty fighter attack? Well, you always you always get dirty fighter, but you get that extra D8 when it's a backstab. 
unless you can think of a creative way to get that backstab again with like with that having limbs basically 360 there's not really a back to stab so if you have an idea of how to how you could take advantage still of the situation oh, um, how big are these limbs? the limbs anywhere from gnome to like ogre sized if i were to sword. run up an ogre sized limb would it realize that it's hard to say what what, what are you trying to do with it i was thinking i could like run up an ogre sized limb and then just stab it wherever it's connected in the torso and then jump off in another way like stab like the thing in the armpit like the ogre armpit or well i would assume it would be attached to whatever torso area so it'd be like run up the arm and then stab it wherever it's connected so pretending that this thing is like a normal humanoid shape like where do you want to stab it not a normal humanoid shape i know but pretending like anywhere from like neck to abdomen back okay anywhere in the torso region torso back so i think yeah if you're if you're gonna try to run up its arm that could definitely bring into whatever the neck equivalent is of this abomination so if you'd like to do that give me a defy danger to dodge the limbs and get close oh thank god 11 nice okay so you hop up onto the the ogre arm and kind of scramble up towards where it meets the abomination. I think because this this just sounds cool, I'll let you make the attack from there. Okay. Fourteen damage, and then I get a plus. Well, is it roll roll to see if you hit? Oh, I thought you said I get the attack. You get to make the attack instead of having to like defy danger again. Blah blah blah. Okay. <laughs> 10? 10's a good hit, so now roll your damage. Uh, 10, but then do I get to do the d4s with the extra stuff? Yep. You get to do d4, yeah. 12. That's a good hit. Um, yeah, you stab right into where that cluster of heads kind of connects to the rest of this thing. And there's a, there's a little geyser of blood as you first stab into it. Kind of like Kill Bill, geyser of blood shoots out. <laughs> it dies down to like just like a normal you know, bleeding after that, but um, it's you can tell it's a good hit. Do I get to like jump off and disengage? Is that like a thing? Sure. Yeah, you can you can jump off and like roll out of the way. Okay, I did that. Okay. Anyone else? I mean, I would like to try to probably okay, line up go. another I'm just another shot. Seeing the big opening, I kind of left with my previous one. I'd probably try to like line up a nice angle on that spot again. Okay. Or do I want to shoot Calico? <laughs> you have no reason. Well, you know. That's a good point. All right. Um, yeah, no, I'll take that shot of that spot. Okay. Oh, God. Throw my dice all at this place. Ooh, ten. That's a good hit. Twelve damage. Okay. You blow off another limb. This one was a leg that was kind of like midway up the thing and just kind of like kicking, almost kind of like rock hat-like. I was, I was trying to get that middle spot again. Damn. Well, it it seems to be kind of like trying to protect that with some of its limbs. Well, alright. Uh, I... Am I okay. near Thin? I would say he's his body's on the other side of the Abomination from you. Is the Abomination uh, looking damaged at all yet? Well, I mean, yeah, it looks, it looks pretty messed up. and it, I mean, it's lost six limbs at this point. You stabbed it in one of its necks. It's got some the signs of, like, blood weed coursing in its veins, and it's got that big hole on its side from Quinn's shot, which is still gushing blood. <laughs> Extremely. So, 
it's tough to say because the thing didn't really look super healthy to begin with. Like it's a it's a bunch of body parts kind of like you know smushed together. But it is definitely looking worse. Good. All right. What else? Okay. I'd like my uh, armor animated armor to um start charging at the thing and like uh, take it out of the knees if it can. Okay. Roll plus one to defy danger. Attack. Uh, to see if you, you see if you can get in to attack it without getting okay. hit. Okay. That's a that's a three. So not so much. I think you don't get to mark experience on that one. Okay. So it goes charging in. It's like super eager to make the attack. You just you ordered it to do in its excitement. It does not get out of the way as one of the the abomination's arms comes crashing down on it and crushes it into the ground. It was nine damage and it had eight hit points left. So, so, so yeah, so yeah. Okay, that's fair. Fair. Okay. Um, well, then I would like to attack it then. What are you doing? Can I move? Yeah. I like to move out of its way. <laughs> if you're just moving, like it's it's coming at you, so it will. It's going to be adjusting its course accordingly. Uh. Lead it into the meat hall. Can I make myself invisible and then run away? You can try. <laughs> Not far away, but just away. Run. You can try. All right, I'd like to do that. Okay. Roll cast invisibility. Where were you like five minutes ago? Ten? <laughs> yeah, you turn yourself invisible. Uh, yeah, I think that as soon as you go invisible, the thing kind of tries to like skid to a, a stop and begins to like spin a little bit like it's looking for you. And failing to find you, it is going to start moving after Calico. Okay, good. Well, it's not me, so I don't care. So the thing is turning its attention to Calico. Uh, right. It's going to attack her. What are you guys doing? Can Ons kind of try to attack again? You're going to have to get up and get your sword first. So, uh, that's right. Um, well, I get up and get my sword first. Okay. <laughs> so I think you could do maybe a little bit more, but it will have a limited of effect. Just because, you know, most of your energy at the moment is just getting over to your sword, getting back to your feet. Can I just do that and then wait until I'll let somebody else take a turn here and then I go after them? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. So I'm just going to get my sword, like, in preparation of, well, just be reacting to seeing it run after Calico, who I want to help. Right. Okay. Alright. Anything else? I want to try to uh, probably take another shot at it, but I'm going to try to aim at whatever, like, leg joint it has, and I'm going to try to just blow its leg off and see if it like slows it down and makes it like topple over or something okay what is that what does the room we're in like look like is it that flushy kind of like material like in the hall yeah is there is it like like solid or does it like indent when you step on it kind of uh only a little bit okay all right but yeah i'll take a i'll take a shot at its leg i guess try to knock that off 11 that's a good hit roll your damage Oh, buddy. 14. So I think you end up blowing another arm off of this thing. Oh. It was a good idea, though. If it, it didn't have so good, many arms flailing around, like, blocking damage. it. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why you got to blow the arm off. Oh, well, I guess that worked. Is Does it have, like, a set amount of these, or do these things, like, just seem to be appearing? No, it has a set amount. Uh, oh, okay. It just still has a lot of them. So, like, I, it, it does look like I'm visually, like, doing good, like, taking chunks out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. 
Well, um, um, I think I'll just like I'll rack the chamber. It'll make like that like ting sound from like the empty cartridge popping out. I'll just reload and kind of keep it an eye on situation, ready to fire again. Okay. Well, I have a two throwing daggers left. I'm going to throw the first one at it. Okay. Toward its one of its heads, preferably. Eleven. That's a good hit. Eleven. Okay. So your dagger lands in one of its arms and seems to catch it like right near the joint, and that arm kind of like goes limp at its side, like it's still on the thing, but is is useless to it now. Okay. Can I like run away? Sure. Since it's coming yeah, you can, me? yeah, you can start moving. Okay. I'm gonna move whatever way is out of its direction. Okay. Hans wants to attack him now, but he's got all the stuff. Okay. So, do I have to do a dexterity thing again? Or? Uh-huh. Unless you're coming at it in a way that you think can, like, bypass its arms. Not really. Eleven? Yeah, that'll that'll get by him. Uh, eight for that attack roll. Okay. Uh, how do you want to do this? Hey. Okay. So, like, how is, like, the part where it's, like, open, like, opened up, like, is that, like, within reach of my sword? Sure. Like, I want to just, like, fucking... You, if I put my sword up over my head like this and just stab right into that spot, like, as hard and as far in as possible. Yeah, definitely. You slam the sword in, and it slides in. At first, there's, like, a there's a little bit of resistance, like, just the, the, the thickness of this thing's hide, and then the sword just, like, slams all the way down to the guard, like, all the way into this thing. And you feel, again, something more towards the middle of it. Give a little bit of resistance before it just kind of, like, there's, like, a snapping sound, and the, the sword slams all the way in, and the thing kind of convulses. Um, and then begins to fall. Hans just, like, pulls the sword out and, like, slowly walks back towards Ben's body and picks Ben back up and slings him back over his shoulder and just kind of waits for what we're going to do next. (laughs) Okay. So as the thing collapses to the ground, that little boy is standing in the room again, except he doesn't seem sleepy anymore. He seems furious. Wow. Good for him. And he says, Get out of here! We're trying! As as he's shouting that, um, part of the flesh wall um, begins to kind of like separate and pull back. And you see the the double doors um, that were the entrance to this house are now standing there in front of you. Can we um, can we take the chinchilla with us? Yeah, man. Okay. Just I want to make sure the chinchilla. What are you guys doing? I would say we're rushing to GTFO. Yeah, but uh, if I can, I don't know if this is possible on the way out. No, 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 no possible on the way out. (laughs) On the way out, (laughs) if I can drop one of my uh, other ammunition that I have, um, just out of curiosity, leave that kind of behind, see if if it'll work at all. You want to do what? (laughs) (laughs) And so my other ammunition that I have that's is, very uh, Oh, it's the tracking rune. So you just want to drop a tracking bullet in the room? I feel like you yeah. have to like, shoot it into the wall or something. I mean, if I have to, I'll do it. Um, I think that you would know. Like it, 
it depends on how secure you want this thing to be. Like, if you shoot it into something fleshy and it stays there, it's much more likely that it's going to stay there. If you just drop it on the floor, like, who knows what's going to happen to it. Alright, well then, yeah, on the way out, I'll just kind of, like, one last time, just take a shot at the room and get out. Okay, sure. You guys reach the, the double doors and fling them open. And you have made it out of the house. Oh, thank you. The humid, rank air of Dryston Manor gives way to a soft breeze blowing across the night sky. Before you, the small path leads down from the house back to the crossroads. The heavy mists that obscured the surrounding area no longer swirl in that strange pattern that seemed to beckon you to the small village just down the road. Now, cozy-looking lights glance out across the empty fields between the manor and the village. No other signs of life make themselves known. In every direction, for as far as you can see under the starless, moonless sky, there is nothing but a few stunted, skeletal trees and the darkness of the shadows. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. I am so excited to share the next leg of this adventure with all of you. As our heroes venture into the eponymous shadows, we head into regions populated with adventures and characters I started dreaming up years ago. It has been so much fun having you all along for the story so far. If you've been enjoying our endeavors, let us know in an iTunes review. Or even better, talk to us at Wild Endeavors on Twitter and Instagram. Or even better still, tell a friend. After all, it's dangerous to go alone. Thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod for the great music, and we hope you join us again next week. Thank you.